listening to Unscripted, the film show. I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to Unscripted, the film show. Um, I'm Cecilia. Uh, across from me is Lewis. Hello, Lewis. Hello. Um, I just want to preface with the, the fact that that was not my song choice. Um, <laughs> that was the lovely Arda who does hashtag um, Italia before us. Um, and she put that song on and, yeah, I just didn't want people to think that I was self-promoting <laughs> myself uh, through the wonderful Simon and Garfunkel uh, song which and, I've heard my entire life. <laughs> and in case you're uh, listening to this on the uh, the podcast, uh, the song that you're referencing is Ce- uh, Cecilia. Correct. So, yes. yes. Good point because uh, the lovely listeners of the podcast don't get the pleasure of hearing the music before the show. Um, mainly just due to copyright issues. I don't think we can really technically put them in. Yes. That's, so that's right, yeah. uh, otherwise we probably would leave them. But you can probably go and find that song, listen to it and then come back to the show if you really want to you. And then um, the intro will make even more sense. More sense. <laughs> It'll make way more yeah. sense. But um, yeah, just needed to preface that because uh, it, it's so funny. The amount of times people come up to me and go, have you heard that song? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, I get it sung to me all the time. Uh, but it's still a good song. So yeah. I think we've had this conversation before. Do you have a song? Is there a Lewis song? No, the closest you got to, to my name is Louie Louie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. close enough, yeah. but not quite there. No, mm. no. But the um, the worst I got was uh, growing up. Um, I lived in the era of Louis the Fly, oh. so I got that a lot. <laughs> uh, and then just as that went away, and I thought, uh, "Yep, that's good. No more people call me Louis the Fly or anything like that. Awesome." Uh, along came this advert for um, asthma, and its thing was Louis has asthma. So from then on, all I would get was, "How's the asthma, Louis?" And so it was great. Do you have asthma? That, uh, I don't have asthma. There you go. No, I'm, I'm, my lungs are, are okay. Thank that's you. That's good. That's yeah. fantastic. No, that's quite funny, isn't it? The uh, How people have to live with things based on, uh, you know, pop culture and, and names within songs and things like that. So, Well, I was, I was talking to my, uh, my boss the other day, uh, Jason, um, and uh, he was saying, because he's got children, mm. and uh, when you're naming uh, your children, you've got to be so careful about what you name them as to, you know, what it rhymes with yep. and, like, what their initials spell out and, you know, anything that can be, you know, picked on by the, uh, the, the, the children because the children are horrible. Um, uh, as as we all know, uh, and they will will pick on on people if you give them the uh, the the smallest opportunity. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those things. You got you got to be careful when you name name things. You do, particularly nowadays. Mm. Uh, you've just got to be. So, I'm sure you had to be careful all the time. Um, maybe that's why people used to go with names like. I yeah, but then people used to call their kids Dick and Fanny. So you know. <laughs> It's it, it, it's really, uh, you know, True. things have changed. Things have changed. Yeah, we've got to be careful, don't yeah. we? We've got to be careful. Um, a fairly big show tonight. There's a few things to talk about. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings oh. is out. I haven't seen it, but you've seen it, which yep. is great. Looking forward to hearing about that. Um, I have a film called The Barraville Murders, uh, a documentary, uh, another Australian film called Streamline, and I did manage to watch a Vacation Friends starring John Cena. Oh, really? I did. Oh, so cool. there's that. Um, anything else that you have to add to our list tonight? No, I did. I, I saw a film on 
Saturday um, called Palazzo di Cosi, uh, ah. Palazzo di Coso, um, <laughs> and it's the, the, the documentary about uh, Franco Coso, who ah. is um, this furniture salesman from Melbourne, mm. uh, from Fittesroy, uh, and uh, he became like a cultural icon over there. Very cool. Which I thought he was just a cultural icon over there, but Arda just said uh, that her son knew Franco Cosi, uh, Coso through YouTube. That's really cool. Because apparently his ads are getting shown on YouTube. Fantastic. So that's out also? That's on the 16th. So, um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's all right because next week I won't be here. But you will be here on the 16th. week after. So that gives you something to review then. Perfect. Fantastic. Um, I also want to mention that the film Eiffel is out tonight. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't get a media screening, but it is on the big screens and I think it will be a nice one to watch. I'm I'm hanging out to see that. That Mm. that looks awesome. Um, I saw the trailer for it uh, on the weekend. Um, But, yeah, it's – yeah, I'm looking forward to that and we'll definitely go and uh, check it out when it comes out. Fantastic. Mm. And we did speak a little bit about it last week, but it is the story of um, Gustav – I think it's Gustav. I hope that's right. Gustav. Gustav, Gustav sounds, more sounds French, right. French, Gustav it? Eiffel. Gustav Eiffel. Hello, my name is Gustav Eiffel. I built a tower. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And he is the engineering genius, uh, genius behind the Eiffel Tower. Um, and this is a bit of a detailed biopic um, recreating that in the late 19th century. It really tells his story uh, as well as being the gentleman who in- was behind the Statue of Liberty as mm. well. Uh, and he was in this you know, high demand and he really wanted to work on the Paris subway but the French government had other ideas and they wanted something um, really special for the 1889 World's Fair and this is where the Eiffel Tower comes from. But uh, this movie also goes into the, I suppose, love I don't want to say love affair, but the um, the relationship he has with a, uh, a mysterious woman that he knew many years beforehand. So it includes an all-star cast, including Romain Juris, who was in the Spanish apartment. Mm. Uh, he's uh, He plays Gustave. And uh, you've got Emma McKay, who is Netflix. Uh, she was on Sex Education. Mm. And she stars as Adrienne, uh, the woman from his past. So uh, it's in cinemas now and I think this will look really good on the big screen. I think it'll be an interesting story. I want to know more about his inspiration, the design. Mm. Um, I just think it's a really fascinating one. Uh, it's, it's uh, like, I like po- tall, pointy things. <laughs> so I can make a tall, pointy thing. thing. So that is out mm. now. Uh, it is rated M. Uh, but, yeah, it looks, it looks great. I uh, like. I love uh, iconic things, and clearly he, he's designed two massively mm-hmm. iconic things in the Statue of Liberty and mm. the Eiffel Tower. Um, and it's uh, you know I think like that's the way designers um, should be looking at things is to make them long lasting because that's the way things become iconic. Yep. Make it long lasting and make it uh, you know last forever. There's a in. Bustleton, there is going to be a, a thing. Uh, um, the it's going to be called the Australian Underwater Discovery Centre. Yes, and it is a. They've already got a, um, a underwater discovery centre thing now. But it's very small. This thing is going to be huge, mm-hmm. and it's going to be shaped like a whale. And I believe that this could be an like an icon of. Uh, not just WA but of Australia, mm. um, but obviously you've got to make sure these things are sustainable and long-lasting. And, I mean, that's that's what I did with the Eiffel Tower, with the Statue of Liberty. I mean, 
admittedly, uh, you know, the, the Eiffel Tower and like the Sydney Harbour Bridge and stuff like that takes a lot of maintenance and that kind of thing as yeah. well. So, uh, yeah, so the uh, designers and architects out there, make sure that you're building things with sustainable products and, uh, and making sure that things you build today are going to be here in 100, 200, 300 years and they may even name it after you. Exactly. And yeah. then people might talk about it like we're talking about it now. They might make a movie about it. They might make yeah. a movie about you. And if, you, if they do... Don't don't be screwing things up now, because because no. I <laughs> you won't be around to be able to say no no I didn't do that I didn't do, it'll be it's gonna be there. You want a good film made about you people exactly. a good film. Yeah. Uh, so no, I'm really looking forward to this um, seeing this film Eiffel, and uh, I think it's predominantly spoken in French, which is great. We spoke about it last week, but there's nothing worse than seeing a film filmed in a country and everyone speaking English. I so. love those, those films where they're like it's in it's in uh, um, Italy. They're all speaking English. It just, <laughs> it's it, in Greece. They're all speaking English. It really takes you out of the film. Mm, like, mm. really takes you out of the film. And I know a lot of people hate subtitles, but it's so much more authentic. So, you kind of you, you watch a film with subtitles, and you just you read them when you at the start, but after a while, it just becomes like you're absorbing the yeah. language. You're oh, I can speak Italian, but you can't. You just uh, you just reading the subtitles. We just forget that you're doing it. So yeah, you just do it, and it just becomes habit as you're watching the film. Mm. So yeah, I um yeah I wasn't the Eiffel Tower only supposed to be built for a pe- small a short period of time. Yeah, and then taken down. Mm-hmm. That's what my understanding that's was. That's what I've always thought, mm. and that's what I heard. So I wonder if that is true. And then, I mean, obviously, you go to great lengths to build something like this, and I wonder if they ever thought it was going to be that big and mm. that substantial. Maybe they just decided that we can't be bothered taking it down now. Yeah, well, it's going to be hard. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave it. But, but it is like was going to be an entry statement for a world fair, I think. Mm. Um, and yeah, you, you're quite right. I, I think at one point though. Think about putting a Ferris wheel or something there, but oh, um, yeah, yeah. But no, it's a, it's going to be a really interesting film. So yeah, I'm going to definitely go out and see that one. Fantastic. Yeah. So we do have a few things to jump into uh, throughout the show. Before we do, I might actually just mention again that the Irish Film Festival is showing because there's still time uh, to get tickets. It's all online, so you can just jump online, pick a film and watch it, which is fantastic. And there's 12 films on offer. Uh, You've got a film called Deadly Cuts, which I thought sounded really cool. It's a working-class hair salon whose stylists become accidental vigilantes and community heroes when they take on some bad guys threatening their Dublin community. So that sounds pretty cool. Uh, You've also got a film called Finding Jack Charlton. This is the true story of the World Cup winning legend. Uh, And if you don't know what the World Cup is, that's uh, soccer. (laughs) Just in case, because some people might not. There's not. Um, I, I actually know that because I do quite enjoy. Well, football. Yeah. I should say football. I was, I was waiting for you to correct yourself. There. Sorry yeah. if I offended anybody out there. Football. <laughs> uh, you've also got Phil Lenot song for While I'm Away. This is a feature documentary on the life and music of Phil Lenotte, uh, which tells the story of how a young black boy from the working class 1950s Dublin became Ireland's greatest rock star. And he is uh, the founding member, principal songwriter, lead vocalist and bassist of 
Thin Lizzy. So that sounds interesting. And look, there's so much more there as well. Uh, I will probably chat about one of the flicks next week. I spoke about Wildfire uh, a few weeks ago, which was about two sisters reconnecting after their dark past. Uh, But so much more to see. So that is showing... Well, you can watch that all online and tickets can be purchased at irishfilmfestival.com.au. While we're still in this, uh, you know... uh, Zone. The the opening, you know, uh, moments of the show and... uh, talking about things uh, that aren't uh, necessarily like, you know, uh, films being released at the moment. Um, Our former uh, co-host, Alex, uh, has done a short film called Evie uh, that you and I uh, both saw earlier in the year. Yes. And it was absolutely excellent. Um, Phenomenal. It was the – it was a story about a – it was set in the Outback Australia – and it was kind of an outback. It's an outback Australia where uh, it's a bit post-apocalyptic, mm. um, and you're not quite sure why. But uh, I'm, I can I can say why. It's because uh, there there's dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs in the outback, uh, and they they do like to kill people. Uh, and it's great. I mean, the idea is is, fan, is fantastic, and the uh, the short film is really really good. Um, but uh, before there wasn't really a trailer for mm. it, but now they've actually cut a, a trailer for Evie and you can go and check that out now, which is uh, pretty freaking awesome. Uh, and I've put a, a link to it on our uh, unscripted Facebook page. Um, in fact, what I'm going to do now is I'm actually going to uh, pin that to the top. So oh, that will it. be... Uh, when you go to the unscripted Facebook page, the first thing you will see is a, a link to the EV trailer and I would recommend going and checking it out. It's got... Um, uh for people who know Perth comedy, uh, you'll get a brief glimpse of Wurzel in the trailer. Uh, he plays one of the bad guys. Uh, so, yeah, definitely go and, and check it out. Um, Alex is a, a phenomenal director. Uh, he, he did this. Um, he also did another short film called Home as well. Which is getting heaps of um, applause mm, out on the mm. film circuit yeah. at the moment, which is fantastic. And and home was uh, um, some footage he took of the uh, areas ravaged by bushfires in in Melbourne, uh, and uh, yeah, he's just put it to a voiceover and and music, and it's just beautifully shot and mm. an amazing shot. Uh, but yeah, Evie is is now uh, you can go and check out the trailer. Um, it's fantastic. He said there's some news that is coming shortly. Um, I've got my fingers crossed that it's going to be a feature length film because uh, Alex is a a brilliant director mm. he's very uh, very visionary and i can just you know see hollywood gobbling him up and just going yes more 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 and and hopefully if um uh, he ends up doing a marvel film he'll bring me on as a consultant <laughs> i absolutely <laughs> guarantee he would with your knowledge uh, of the marvel universe but i'm um, just speaking on e- evie again he i remember him saying at the little premiere that we went to that he had to learn all this um technology to create mm. the the dinosaur in this and my i say he's done a fantastic job bringing a dinosaur to life in the outback because it is so realistic <sighs> And I just, the amount of effort and time that's gone into that, I just, it's just phenomenal. And you're absolutely right. Uh, he's going to, he's going to make it big time. Yeah. Uh, and if, if he, if he doesn't, he's already made it big time in my books. Yeah. I mean, he's 
fantastic. I just uh, I, I've um, seen the short films that he's been doing for years, mm. and it just the, the first one I saw was a person out in the middle of the ocean, and mm. he shot it just down the road from here, where <laughs> I know the person wasn't in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> but the the way he he um, shoots things and then uses effects around it is is phenomenal. So um, yeah, a name you want to be looking out for is Alex von Hoffman because you're and he's, it's it's a fantastic director's name as well. It is, you're, isn't it? You're gonna be <laughs> seeing like a film by Alex von Hoffman on on the big screen you, you mark my words ah uh, and maybe he'll um he'll employ us as actors in a film yes or, yeah. yeah or consultants or we'll, we'll just be part you can, of it you can you can fall, fall back on those acting skills that you, you have so, yeah. yeah I mean my pale skin's not you know might not be great on screen because the camera might white balance <laughs> itself but anyway um and I could I could be the Stan Lee of his films I could just like yeah. have cameos in, in all of his films I'd like to be like a, a stand-in or like an assistant or something. I think that would be cool mm. on a film. Like, yes, ma'am, I'll get your coffee. Yes, Miss Kidman. Yeah. Mrs. I don't know. <laughs> he can be, uh, yeah, Alex can be our Kevin Smith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it'll be great. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Unscripted, the film show. The, uh, the best show. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, one of the best shows for getting all your film news and all the latest film reviews. We're on it. We're always at films yep. whenever we can be and we're always talking about them. And considering WA is one of the only places open at the moment, we are lucky to be going to the cinemas. But we're also lucky that we do have a uh, access to a selection of fantastic streaming services. That's where I got to see Vacation Friends. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about John Cena <laughs> recently because he was in, uh, of course, the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad and we absolutely loved him in that film. But... We also kind of just love him in general. He's a pretty cool guy. I saw I saw him back in a wrestling ring uh, a few weeks ago, uh, f- uh, facing uh, Roman Reigns, and Excellent. he lost. But yeah, it's, it's it's okay. He is a big, muscly man. That's he, for sure. He's huge. But you see, like in Suicide Squad, where he's like acting against other people who are quite large and muscly as well. Yes, he, he doesn't look too out of out of the ordinary. But when you have him against normal people, you go, "Holy crap, that guy's huge!" Yeah. And even in the in this film, it, it's pretty evident. But um, Vacation Friends is it's a buddy comedy. Uh, it started streaming last Friday on Disney, and I think um, other places like Hulu, which I don't actually know if we've got in Australia. I think that's more American. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's because um, Disney owns most of Hulu, ah, so that's probably why it's there. That makes Plus. sense. Yeah. Okay, understood. So if you maybe if you want to see something on Hulu, it may be on Disney because sometimes I like search mm. things that I want to watch comes up on Hulu, but. That's American, and I'm not one of those fancy people who can access things in different countries, like with a VPN or yeah, something. Some yeah, some people can yeah. do that, and I'm not cool enough. But um, <laughs> hey, if if someone out there wants to give me a hand to do that, I will definitely accept your advice. But anyway, um, it centres on two odd couples. You've got Ron played by John Cena and Kyla played by Meredith Hagner, and then the other couple is Marcus uh, played by Lil Rail Howry. And you've got Emily, played by Yvonne Orjai. Uh, and they meet while vacationing in Mexico due to some interesting circumstances. And Ron and Kyla are this really spiritual, fun couple. Like anything goes with these guys. They just don't have a care in the world. They're super relaxed. Uh, they're the kind of people who will... Um, oh, I don't know if I can say it on air. 
<laughs> jet ski while smoking a certain apparatus. Right. If that makes sense to you. Um, um, right, okay. Uh, a, a, an illegal substance while like, smoking an illegal substance. I see, I see. Um, those kind of people. Like Mary, Juwan, Mary Jane, is yeah, that? Yeah, Mary Jane, Jane, Mary Jane. Mary Jane. <laughs> um, so they're pretty relaxed. Yeah. And then you've got Marcus. Half of that they are, I bet they are. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Marcus and Emily who are a more pragmatic, responsible mm. couple. But Emily's really trying to get Marcus to let his hair down a bit. He's a bit stressed at work. They're on holidays. So she's like, you know, have fun, chill, relax. And they do decide to have a little bit of fun when they meet this couple. Mm -hmm. But their vacation comes to an end and, you know, Marcus and Emily are happy to kind of leave, you know, what what happened in Mexico stays in Mexico. You know, you guys are cool, but nah. Um, Whereas Ron and Kyla have a very different opinion. They're kind of under this impression that we're best buds now. So several months later, they decide to rock up to Marcus and Emily's wedding. And that's kind of where things, you I, know. I have so many questions. but Do uh, you? <laughs> do you? But that's kind of where the story unravels. I, um, I really enjoyed this film. It's one of those films you can sit back and just have a bit of fun with. Um, it's a little bit like, you know, Wedding Crashes. Mm. It's a bit like Let's Be Cops. It's that real buddy comedy where, you know, people who necessarily wouldn't hang out in the real world collide and it's just that comedy that ensues. So, look, it is a good one to watch, um, you know, particularly that you can just access that one on streaming. Why not give it a go? And, um, yeah, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I saw the trailer for it and I went, yeah, that looks pretty funny. So uh, I'm definitely going to gonna check it out. But, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I do know what it's like you have because uh, these days you go on holidays and you'll meet people and mm. you'll have that like you know vacation like experience with them, and then you'll be on Facebook and yeah. so yeah, it's kind of kind of odd. Like you know, uh, back in the day you'd you'd meet people and you'd just like you know, go yeah that was great and you never see them again. But, never uh, hear from them yeah. again. That's it. Done and dusted. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. We live in a different world now. So, we do. but I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure about uh, you know people just rocking up to your wedding like because that's thing the question one of the questions i've got is they weren't invited to the wedding mm. so they just kind of like you know assume that they were cooler to rock up pretty much well, i guess they are free spirits so they are free spirits and i think that uh they they were under the assumption that their invite may have just got lost in the <laughs> so they just rock up and um I, I kind of want to be like that, though, just a bit more spiritual and fun because they're just having the best time. But there's some really hilarious things that happen while they're vacationing and um, just throughout the film, uh, really, really funny stuff. It's so. it's so weird, though, that, like, you know, John Cena as a spiritual kind of hippie kind of person, yeah. and but he's so muscular. It's, yeah. How do you explain that away? Because obviously if you're that muscular, you're spending hours a day in the gym. Yeah. But they they address that at all? Or? Well, he comes from a, I think, a military background. He's playing a park ranger, but he comes from a military background. Mm. So I think they might use that to explain that uh, component of it. But it is a little bit bizarre watching him play someone who's very relaxed and spiritual mm. and just does not have a care in the world. He's like a giant teddy bear in this film. He just does not care. And, you know, there's a really funny scene on a on an expensive boat that gets destroyed mm. and he's just like, meh. Stuff happens, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, no, really interesting film and, um, yeah, good laugh. It's good laugh out loud. Because you've seen, like, this is the third John Cena film you've seen this year. <gasps> yeah, Fast and Furious. Yeah. 
this uh, and then obviously um, the Suicide yeah. Squad and now this. But I definitely enjoy him in that comedic capacity. Mm, I think, yeah, Fast and Furious was a little bit too serious for me. Mm, mm. Well, it was good that you got to see him like because obviously in Fast and Furious he was like the serious bad guy. He was. In this he's the, the comic kind of relief guy. Yeah. But we were in Suicide Squad he kind of was between the two because he had – as some a lot of badness and the killing and stuff like that, but then he had like just the comedy, which was all based on him being a bit thick as well. So that is true, and I think yeah, I think he just enjoys having a laugh too. Mm, he mm. seems like he does enjoy those roles a lot more. I mean, I don't know; he might not. It would be a great question to ask him, I and mean, I'm sure he's probably covered it off in interviews before. But um, yeah, I just think he he seems to have more fun with those mm. roles where he can just. Um, have a bit of fun. So, um, but it's so funny though that like you know, you've got three big actors who are all former wrestlers, mm. or like you know John Cena is still a kind of current wrestler, and The Rock possibly would come back for a match as well. Uh, Batista's yeah. definitely done. Yeah. Uh, but you got yeah. Uh, Batista, uh, Cena and The Rock and like uh, somebody actually asked Batista if there was a movie where all three of you could be in it would you? Yeah. And he was like nah I'm good. I was surprised at that response uh, to think because I feel like John Cena and and The Rock or or Dwayne Johnson would probably be up for it whereas it's interesting that yeah Dave Batista yeah doesn't want to be i feel like he's more slated for serious stuff i think that's what he his goal mm. is perhaps. yeah possibly because he was in um uh that the uh, uh zach snyder's um oh yeah um don't no no i was gonna say <laughs> not dawn of the dead um the zombie film that's the on zombie Netflix. Film, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in that, and he's also going to be in June as well, yeah. I believe. So, yeah, he is like uh, certainly going down that track of doing those you know different kind of roles, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just weird. I mean, before that, some few wrestlers actually managed to crack it into actual yeah. like you know, Hollywood, and now we've got like three of them that are there and doing really well. So yeah, it's very impressive. Very. Oh, did you score this, by the way? Oh, good, good, good. I'm going to score this three and a half. I've already spoken about jet ski, so I can't use that. Um, three and a half shots of tequila. There's nice. a lot of drinking of tequila in this film. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Yes, indeed, Unscripted, the film show. I'm Cecilia. Lewis is here and he is about to share with us uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, uh, which is a very highly anticipated film release, might I say. Very much so. And the, like, 2020 was a crap year. I think sure we can, was. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Uh, but as a, a Marvel fan, it was even worse because we didn't mm. have any Marvel movies. So the, the last Marvel movie before that was Spider-Man uh, Far From Home and then it was just nothing, yep. nothing. It was a drought of Marvel films. Uh, we knew they were there. We knew they were in the bag. They just weren't giving them, giving them to us. Uh, this year has been uh, different to last year and it's been a flood of Marvel. Mm. It started with uh, getting WandaVision and then Falcon and Winter Soldier and then Loki and now on um, uh, Marvel TV, uh, on, sorry, on Disney Plus we've got uh, What If as well, uh, which is exploring alternate realities of the, the Marvel Universe. Um and we've also, from a cinematic point of view, we've already had Black Widow and now we've got Shang-Chi that's out now. So, yeah, we've just got so much Marvel stuff coming out, which is fantastic. Um, and the fact that it's a, a, a good film uh, is even better because if it was bad, that would be, that would be terrible. But 
Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings um, is, do you like kung fu films? I do. I really do, actually. I mean, Karate Kid counts as kung fu, kind of, doesn't it? Uh, Actually, maybe not. We'll say martial arts films. Martial arts. Well, I remember watching that. I think I've spoken about this plenty of times, but on VHS, and I remember getting it out from a video shop, putting it on, watching it, and then instantly rewinding and watching it Mm, again. mm. But I had to wait for all the rewind. I couldn't just click back on the button. Yeah. Oh, old school. Old, old school. school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Shang-Chi is the first time that they've kind of gone into that martial arts uh, kind of film genre <laughs> for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you've had, you know, obviously most – all the films are superhero films but they're kind of a bit different. So you've got the Iron Man film which is technology-based, then you've got yeah. Captain America which was set in World War Two. then you've got Thor that's, you know, set in a mythical realm. Um, you, you've got, uh, you know, Black Widow which is a uh, – a film that is a spy fi- uh, film. Um, so all Marvel films have their kind of their superhero films that they fall into a separate kind of niche superhero area. And this one is in uh, that that martial arts kind of film, which is something a bit different that they've done. Uh, but this film, like I think, to get the full uh, like appreciation for uh, Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, there's two other things that you should check out before you see this. Now. Uh, have you seen Iron Man 3? No. no. Okay, so uh, Iron Man 3, uh, in that film, they had a character who was the leader of the Ten Rings mm-hmm. called the Mandarin, played right. by Ben Kingsley. And uh, in in that film, uh, it's revealed that the Mandarin may not be exactly who he's purporting to be. Uh, and... Uh, that character will, uh, you know, lead into uh, Shang-Chi. So if you have seen that film, then you're going to get a different kind of experience watching Shang-Chi. Right. Um, and okay. Disney Plus also dropped last week onto uh, Disney Plus one of the shorts um, that you can see. Some of the, the uh, Blu-rays for uh, the Marvel films have a short uh, movie that, is around the, uh, certain films. So if you get the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray, it's got a, a short on there called uh, Hail, Hail to the King or All mm-hmm. Hail the King. It's got Hail and King in it somewhere there. Um, and it's uh, the Mandarin after um, after you see him from Iron Man 3. So I recommend checking out both those, that movie and that short uh, because they will... Um, come into play when you go and see uh, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the f- Shang-Chi is brilliant. Uh, Samu Liu uh, plays uh, Sean slash Shang-Chi uh, and he is a, uh, a, Chinese, uh, a Chinese boy whose dad is ancient. His dad is uh, this uh, kind of warlord who discovered these ten rings that he wears on his wrists, which is really interesting because uh, he his character um, in the film is uh, Zhu Wenyu, but in uh, the comic books there was a character called the Mandarin mm-hmm. who was uh, the Ben Kingsley character from uh, Iron Man 3. And in the comics the Mandarin had rings on all ten of his fingers. Yeah. Well, 
eight fingers, two thumbs. And those rings would have different kind of powers. But I think Marvel uh, saw that and went, oh, hang on a tick. They, it's a bit too close to the Infinity Gauntlet because of the gems and stuff. So to make it different, they had him as these rings that go over his wrists mm. and give him different kind of uh, abilities as far as fighting goes. So you see uh, a lot of these uh, martial arts moves, but they're augmented by, by the rings. Yeah. Um, and he uses them to, to like, I don't know if it's fly, more jump because uh, the rings can fly off his arms and some very cool visuals with all these rings. But he is over a 1,000 years old and uh, his thing was all about uh, dominating and being, you know, in control and, and mm-hmm. until um, he met uh, Shang-Chi's mother and then uh, he found, found love and so he went down a, a different kind of route um, until uh, his love of his life died and then he went back to his being a, a, a bit of a warlord and training his children or at least his son to be a, a warlord as well uh it's just the the actual like story uh, if you've seen a bit of uh you know chinese movies or, mm. or or some of these martial arts films in the past very similar kind of you know story that you would have seen before uh and you know father and son's not seeing eye to eye the yeah. son son takes off and doesn't want to you know um follow in the father's footsteps uh but yeah really just great great story um the mother uh, comes from a another dimension as well so that throws another dimension into into the mix um but yeah just absolutely fantastic film um as well as having uh, samu uh lu in there as well which if you've seen um uh, kim's conveniences yes i he, have he's yes. the, the son in kim's conveniences uh You've also got Aquafina as well, uh, and she plays uh, Katie, who is uh, Shang Chi's best friend. Um, it's uh, then you've got Zai uh, uh, Ling, uh, who plays his. Sorry, you got uh, Menga Zhang, who plays his sister. Zai, who plays his sister Zai Ling, uh, and and she's she's great as well. Like really, mm. just uh, some absolute phenomenal act- actors and actresses in this. Um, Michelle Yeoh. Um, is in the film as well. I'm not going to give away what... Uh, I feel like I've seen Michelle Yeoh in something recently. Yeah. She she's al- great, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was also in Guardians of the Galaxy as well, playing a different oh. character. So she's a double She's a double dip in uh, Marvel Cinematic I Universe like person. Uh, Florian Manchu plays a character called Razor Fist. Um, and this is a guy in the comics who literally, I think in the comics, both of his fists were razors, which makes life incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, but in this, is only one of his fists is a razor um, and he can retract it and stuff. So, uh, yeah, life is a, a little bit easier for him. Um, but, yeah, absolutely just, you know, really good cast. Um, uh, mostly like um, Asian uh, actors, whether they be you know, Asian American or um, uh, from China. Uh, but I think I'm not sure. Simu Lu is uh, Chinese or Korean. Um, no, no, he's Chinese. Yeah, but I think I thought he was Korean because, of course, Kim's conveniences. Uh, they're a Korean family, so that's true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's and I think uh, that was. There's actually a, a thing at the beginning of the the show of the movie, uh, where he makes a, a point about uh, being Chinese, not Korean. So uh-huh. I don't know if they did that. To, on purpose? Yeah, on yeah. purpose or not. So, mm. um, But, yeah, it's a great film. Really just it's entertaining. It's action-packed. Um, yeah. There's a, a fight scene on this bamboo scaffolding in uh, Macau um, and just phenomenal. And Aquafina, um, you think – 
you know, because she is very comedic mm. uh, and uh, you think that maybe she's just there as the comic relief um, but don't be concerned. Uh, there is actually another character that comes into the the, the, show, the movie that is there for the comic relief okay. and I won't say who that is. Um, you can go and find out. Uh, but yeah, she's great, and she brings a lot of heart and soul to the uh, to her performance and to the character. Yeah, um, and it's a really interesting relationship between Shang Chi and and Katie, like yeah. because you don't really explore uh, like friendship uh, between. And I don't know if they're like you know uh, gonna become a, uh, an item later on in future movies or anything like that mm. or if they're just going to keep on being the best friends who happen to be, you know, different genders. Because yeah. I mean, when was the last time you saw a movie where it was, you know, best friends, male and female? It just you don't really see it's that. It's a good point. Usually there's that romantic kind of interest mm. there. I'm just trying to think. I feel like I did watch something um, recently where, oh, do you know what I was – um, elementary mm. with um, Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy oh, Liu. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, five or six seasons of that and um, they're working together but there's never a romantic kind of thing and mm. I found that quite odd because, yeah, usually in um, that kind of – I like it though. Yeah. I think it's great because that can be the case and I think that's really great for this film too. So, uh, so I'm hoping that that's, that's the thing. They, these guys, they, they love each other as mm, best friends. friends yeah. But we, we shall see. See what happens in, in future movies. Uh, this is a Marvel film, so uh, don't run away as soon as the credits start. <gasps> there is a, a cut scene after the first um, – they, they usually do like these visual credits. Yeah. And then there's a cut scene and then they'll do the, the full-on credits and then there's another cut scene. So yeah. if you want to get your full money's worth of the movie – Stay. Stay until they turn the freaking lights on is what I'm saying. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings is uh, is amazing. Uh, it is out now only in cinemas, um, so you can't uh, get this one on, on Disney+. Plus. Um, Good. And I am going to give uh, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings uh, four and a half rings, I guess. <laughs> Four and a half rings. Yeah. There you go. No, um, yeah, it looks great. Really, really looks great. So, um, yeah, I can imagine it would be pretty thrilling yeah. to see on the big screen there. Definitely go check it out. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Lewis is just sharing with me the secrets of Iron Man 3, which I won't no, say. I even though I'm sure, how old is that film? It's, it's well old. Very old, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's one of those things where, like, uh, yeah, because you didn't know. Cause, yeah, like, I didn't know. Yeah, but, like, uh, when you watch the film, it's um, it's really, I just love the way it, it um, breaks with the your, what your, your expectations are. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's great. And uh, when when you see it, I just love. A few people were annoyed by by the the uh, bait and switch they did, but uh, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, did yeah Iron Man three, uh, All Hail the King, uh, great stuff. Uh, before you go and see um, Shang Chi. Excellent. Mm. Well, I might check it out. Um, like I keep saying. Well, you've got Disney Plus because you. I do you now. Can just go, I would like to watch that now. And, and I didn't even just sign up for the free trial. Mm-hmm. I've kept with it because I actually really enjoy um, Disney+. Plus. One of the things I really love about Disney+, Plus it's, it's literally the only place you can find Bob's Burgers. Yeah. So <laughs> I've gone through the entire season. Like there's 11 series and I've seen them all. So um, I think American Dad's on there. Uh, I think Family Guy's on yeah, there. Yeah, I'm really into adult <laughs> cartoons at the moment. It's weird. Well, because they, they bought Fox and that was mm, all Fox stuff. So Yeah. yeah. 
I um like twelve months ago, I thought adult cartoons were just. I just didn't really like them. Mm. I thought they were stupid, yeah. um, but I've changed. I think I just need a good laugh <laughs> um, because, you know, the last few years, not for, ev- for everybody has been mm. a bit crappy. So, um, hey, we've got to do whatever we can to uh, to have fun Exactly. Um, if you didn't laugh, we'd probably be crying. <laughs> exactly. So I'm trying to keep myself entertained with funny things, even if it's stupid. I know Family Guy's stupid. I know American Dads. I know they're all stupid, but whatever, whatever. Um, we've all got our guilty pleasures, don't we? We do, we do. <laughs> and that's why I love wrestling. Cause yeah, it's, that's it's yours. A, it's, a, it's a big, uh, well, it's not a, people say it's a soap opera for men, but it's a soap opera, <laughs> soap for, opera, it's a soap opera for anyone who likes action, uh, really. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard that saying. Yeah. Um, a soap opera for men. Well, because it's, it's like sports, but you've mm. also got storylines as well. Yeah. You know, it's not many sports have actual storylines. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a great art because it's both. Combining them both exactly. together. Exactly. That's very true. Uh, we've got two Aussie films left to talk about tonight. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. One is called Streamline. This is uh, in cinemas now and it'll be making a debut on Stan uh, next week. Oh, so if you don't get to cinemas to see it, uh, you will get the opportunity to view it on streaming. It's written and directed by Tyson Johnson. Uh, I believe this is his directorial debut. Um, I don't. I'm not very familiar with his work, but at the core of the story is a 15 year old boy called Ben. He's played by Levi Miller, who you might remember or recognise from. Red Dog, right. uh, Jasper Jones. He was in Pan, which was that Peter Pan remake that didn't do too well, but I think he was really good in it. Mm. Um, he's growing up a little bit. Uh, he is uh, definitely a teenager now. Um, he was quite young in those previous films. Good Aussie actor, uh, promising future. Uh, and he's also got a promising career as a swimmer in the film. So he really wants to go to the Olympics. He gets up at 3am to train. That's his goal in life. But um, unfortunately, he does go down a little bit of a path of self-destruction. And this happens when his father, played by Jason Isaacs, is released from from prison. Mm. Uh, he decides to start. He's also told that he's dealing with exhaustion and that he should probably stop swimming for a little bit. Otherwise, it's going to hinder his kind of chances of his Olympic dreams. Mm. Um, you know, he's falling a little bit behind. So he's told to take a bit of a rest. And I think that gets to him a little bit because he's told not to to come to practice and, and things like that. So he decides to start hanging out with his estranged older brothers and yeah he kind of just dabbles in some things that are not so good Mm. so he might start drinking a little bit um so the the story kind of really deflects from being a sports story which is what I thought it was going to be about I thought it was going to be a purely this guy who or this teenager who yeah just swims and you know uh, beats people (laughs) and eventually gets to the Olympics but it really deflected from being that to more of a um kind of a dark story of um, dysfunctional families and, you know, the world of abuse within within families. Right. So quite an interesting story. I quite liked it. It's a very kind of bleak story and 
you know, but there is a relationship aspect as well between, um, you know, Ben and a girl from school. Uh, he's living with his mum who's a single mother mm. and she's trying to make it on her own. You've got the father who's obviously um, a little bit, you know, he's just been released from prison and then you've got the brothers who are, are misfits really. So, yeah, it's interesting and it's about, you know, trying to get back on track and, you know, trying to aim for your dreams I suppose is the moral of the story and that you can overcome those things and challenges. So, yeah, I think this is a good um, story maybe for adolescents to, to watch. And then the last film is for the night. That is the last film for the night, isn't it? Yes. We've got another – no. Uh, I didn't know if you had another one, <laughs> but that's for the 16th. Yes. So um, is The Barrowville Murders. Do you know much about this case, story only, at I all? I only know from the trailer. So, right. yeah, yeah. It kind of crept up on me as well. But this is a documentary by Alan Clark, who is this award-winning investigative journalist, producer, presenter. Um, is this a documentary? It is a documentary. Right, okay. Yep. And it looks at the death of three Aboriginal children um, in a 30-year battle for justice, really. So between 1990 and 1991 in Barrowville, New South Wales, a 16-year-old girl called Colleen... Uh, Walker, her four-year-old cousin Evelyn Greenup and a 16-year-old boy Clinton Speedy Durox all banished um, from the same street kind of within a period of about six months and they were later found murdered along this strip of bushland. So there was a suspect in All three of them were found in the same place. uh, Yeah, kind of um, not kind of on the same strip, so right. within kilometres of each other, mm-hmm. essentially. And they went missing at the same time? Uh, between about five, six months of right. each other. Okay. So same street, um, all kind of within the same community mm-hmm. and then, yeah, just all banished over a five, six-month period and then later found murdered, yeah, um, within kind of kilometres of each other in this bushland at separate times. Um, and there was a suspect, a man called Jay Hart, who was charged with two of the murders mm-hmm. and then later... Later, he was acquitted based on what seems to be biased police investigation. Mm. It was decided by the court as well that he couldn't be retried for the murders later on due to something called double jeopardy, Mm. Mm. which I'm sure you've heard of. It basically means an accused person can't be retried again if they've been acquitted of something, essentially. Um, There are obviously exceptions to that rule, but in this case, not so much. So the film delves into the protest to reform that law Mm -hmm. uh, or to overturn that law, I should say, and then also for justice. But it follows the families through this journey um, over a period of like three years Uh, and it utilises archival footage, uh, police footage, media footage, interviews with family and friends Mm -hmm. over the 30-year course of this kind of, you know, you know, justice battle, I suppose. And you've also got crime reporter Dan Box and this really interesting detective um, called Gary Jublin who also talk about the case. And they really talk about the lack of urgency and the missed opportunities to gather evidence based on the fact that the kids were Aboriginals. Mm -hmm. So there's that racism theme running through and, you know, even family members from Bowerville discussed the fact that there was a time not too long ago where 
Aboriginal people in this town were made to enter the town's theatre through a separate door and were completely segregated Mm. from the rest of the audience. And there was a clip that was shown of this young girl who goes, oh, some of the Aboriginals were allowed to sit with us, but only the well-behaved ones, which was just, I thought, just mind-blowing. So racism ran really deep through the community and it just didn't seem like people really cared. Was this, so this was 30 years ago, that, that was that going on, right? Yeah, okay, nine, right. Uh, yeah, so prior to, yeah, so mm. kind of when racism was rampant uh, mm. or it still is, but when it was really prevalent and mm. prominent and... Um, I can't believe there's segregation like that back yeah. 30 years ago. It, it might have been before right. that time. They don't really um, specify the time, but they do go into that and how this town seems to be, um, yeah, that racism mm. ran really deep. And then it kind of leads into the fact that, yeah, nobody really cared about these three children because they're Aboriginal. Mm. They mm. probably just left or went missing I mean you know not to mention that one was a really young girl as well um and it also touches on Aboriginal death in police custody as well and you know shockingly uh, between 92 and 2000 no 21 so Mm. now there have been 470 deaths in custody but not a single conviction Aboriginal deaths Mm, that's mm. just phenomenal so um it's just just I cannot believe that. But anyway, this is a really compelling um, and quite chilling documentary as well. There's a lot of evidence against this against this man who um, was kind of charged and acquitted, and then just yeah, kind of he's still out there. That's really yeah. It's very creepy that the, the fact that he's there. probably is guilty and he's gotten away with it. That sucks. It's just so much mm. evidence. Like when you watch this story, and I mean, I'm not. I can't, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not Mm. a judge, but, yeah, there was a lot of evidence and the fact that a lot of people in this community, Aboriginal people, said that they had seen these people with this man, Mm. um, but no one really listened to them. There was just this lack of urgency with this case. But I guess, like, what if it was three white children? Yeah. Would it have been different? Mm. I don't know. But... um, but the fact that they spent 30 years protesting and trying to get justice for this and, um, yeah, it's really, really difficult to watch some of these interviews with family members mm. because that, that pain is definitely still there mm. with them. And um, Yeah, it certainly yeah. sounds like a, a interesting documentary mm. but very harrowing documentary at the same time. Very yeah. harrowing and even just racism at its core um, mm. really affects people. You can see that just, um, yeah, you know. Um, there was a lot of footage as well used to represent racism and mm. how, um, you know, I, there was one where a journalist asks a young girl about how she feels about going to school with Aboriginal mm. people and just the, her response to that is quite gross mm. and, mm. yeah, and then all this footage of, you know, Aboriginals as slaves and, and things like that. So, yeah, really, uh, really good documentary mm. and I think, yeah, people will really find this interesting and fascinating and hopefully a uh, a catalyst for change. Yes, hopefully. We keep saying that mm. but, um, yeah, there's still a long way to go, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, but great documentary. I'm going to score this. I really, really liked this documentary. I'm going to give it a four and a half. It's hard to score something like this when, yeah, because yeah. what do I give it? Four and a half. Oh, I'm going to give it four and a half um, handprints. 
Oh, okay. Because they, when they were at the courts, they were painting their handprints as a show of protest. Mm, mm. I, I thought I'd better clarify that just yeah, because yeah. I don't know what people are thinking if they're listening. But, yeah, it was this kind of array of handprints scattered to show this kind of support for these people. And the other thing I really loved is um, these people were so... Uh, because they just didn't trust the police, mm. um, you know, this Aboriginal community didn't trust the police because they weren't listened to at all. Um, they finally got this detective in, Gary Jubelin, who at first they were really hesitant. They were like, no, we don't trust you either. Mm. We don't trust the law because, you know, understandably, they've just been shunned the yeah. whole time. And then eventually um, there's this beautiful moment where they... Um, yeah, they really appreciate his efforts and they support him in something as well. So, yeah, it's really nice to see that on screen. Anyway, off my soapbox, <laughs> um, we've got five minutes left or less than five minutes left of the show. Is there anything we need to cover? Because Quizzy's got to come in here and start digging through crates. He does, and it takes him some time to dig through mm. the crates, so mm. we've got to give him that yeah. um, that time. So, um, um, Is there anything else that we've got to talk about? Um, well, I... I, I I guess, uh, you know, as you said before, like uh, we're very lucky over here in WA that we aren't uh, locked down or anything like that uh, and um, we can get out and, and see films. Um, mm. And, you know, when you do that, that uh, that does, you know, keep people employed and, uh, you know, make sure there's going to be more movies to see down the track. So if you um, do have the opportunity to go out and see some films this weekend, we've just talked about quite a few good ones. So yeah. <laughs> there's definitely some films out there for you to go and see. So, um, yeah, go, go and check them out. Out. Plenty to see and um, I'll be here next week talking about a few more films. Uh, one's called Coming Home in the Dark. Um, I'll talk about the Irish Film Festival. I'm also seeing a film on the weekend called Pig, which I think yeah, might be well. released the following week. Mm. So um, it'll either be in the next two weeks, but it's about um, a uh, truffle uh, truffle pig that uh, goes missing. And, and it stars Nicolas Cage. It does, mm. who seeks revenge to find out who's taken his truffle, mm. prized truffle pig. Um, truffles are a big commodity. Oh, so, they are. Um, yep. You know, if someone's taken his pig, damn them. That's quite right. <laughs> and he has every right to, to find his pig. Um, you know what? It's got Nick Cage in it. It's got a truffle pig. Um, I'm all about it. Exactly. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? <laughs> I'm interested to see if this takes a violent turn because the, the trailer doesn't really indicate that to me. It seems mm. more like a humble film. Yeah. But maybe, I feel like... Maybe this is like a, a rural version of uh, John Wick where his pig gets <laughs> killed and he goes on a rampage. Well, that's what I thought it was, but I don't know. The trailer kind of has this music which kind of makes you feel like it's a more humble film, but I can't see that because it's Nick Cage and he's always going to be up to something. I can't wait to see him just like put it to full 11 Nick Cage. Just like, where's my pig? <laughs> well, we will definitely be talking about that in two weeks time um, when it is out. But yes, at least next week, um, there are some films out. Uh, there's another film that I want to mention, I think is it out next week or is it the week after? Uh, no, just coming home in the dark. There's also a film called Die in a Gunfight, which I think is also the 16th. So um, the next... Two weeks, there's a cracker lineup. Cracker lineup. <laughs> a, a great lineup. A cracking lineup? A cracking lineup. <laughs> thank you. A cracking lineup of films. But until then, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.